Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Siege to Treblin, and I'm joined by my fellow writers, starting with Dirk Ashton. Hi, everybody. I'm Dirk Ashton, and I am the author of the Paternus Trilogy, Love It or Hate It. And Michael R. Fletcher. Ah, that's me. I'm Michael R. Fletcher. I'm that guy, author of that thing. <laughs> Mike is post, uh, pointing to a poster of Beyond Redemption behind him. Uh, yeah. Very nice. If you're not watching the YouTube videos, then I'm just confused. <laughs> uh, and we are joined again by the wonderful Sarah Chorn. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, once again, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself to our listeners or uh, viewers in case this is the first episode with you that they happen to be watching? Yeah, um, I'm I'm Sarah Chorn, and I write books, but I'm here to talk editing. So let's say I'm an editor. No, nice. tell us what tell us what books you've written. Nobody cares about what I write. Yes, um, we do. Of, of Honey and Wildfires is is the one right now. Yeah, and it's fantastic. From what I hear, I haven't read it. I apologize, but I've heard it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. I like it, but I'm a bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah, thanks for introducing the topic of today's episode. That was that was great. You can you can come and have a job here anytime. Um, today's <laughs> episode, we're going to be talking about working with a freelance editor, uh, which Sarah is. And uh, do you want to maybe just kind of introduce to us the role of a freelance editor when it comes to uh, a self-published author's life, Sarah? Yeah, so um, you send us your manuscripts and you get them as polished as you can. And then we um, tear it apart as kindly as we can. (laughs) And we help you make it better. Um, What I try to do when I edit is I I try to go into every manuscript with uh, 
I just want to be as ignorant as I possibly can. So even if I know something about the book, I turn it all off and I walk into this thing not knowing anything. And then I channel my mother watching a movie on TV. And, you know, every five seconds, she's like, hey, what's that guy doing? Why is he doing that? Wait a minute. And so what what you're reading in my editorial comments is really my mother. And you're welcome. This makes so, so much sense now. Yeah. It all clicks. And she's like, Whoa, specify who that, who are you talking about? Who's that guy? And I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. Okay. Where are yeah, you going? <laughs> exactly. On the same oh my side. God. That's, that's awesome. Cool. I've never thought of that before, but yes, it's my mother. That's well, great. okay. There you go. No, I love that description <laughs> because yeah, that is the perfect way of approaching it. You really want to go in totally blind and just, yeah, try to, try to discover, you know, the story along and that way you can really point out anything that is a bit confusing or unclear. Um, that is an awesome definition. I really like that approach. Mike, do you want to talk about how, um, how you've worked with Sarah in the past? Uh, sure. Uh, so, I mean, we've talked about all our own editing past crap previously. Um, basically, once uh, a book has reached a stage where I don't know what to do with it anymore, uh, it's not that it's perfect by any stretch, but I've sort of I've hit the wall where I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I can't make this any better. Um, I basically fired off to Sarah. Um, and it changes a bit with each book. So there have been books where I'm, uh, more insecure about the story or the characters. So I might, uh, like leave a couple of notes, like, Hey, can you keep an eye on this? Um, like, does the plot make sense? Are the characters weak? Um, sometimes I'm, I'm I feel good about that stuff and uh, I'll ask for more of a, um, you know, uh, what's the term like copy edit, uh, kind of stuff where it's like, what I'm really looking for is, uh, like just cleaning up sentence structure, fixing my abysmal grammar, um, typos and, and that kind of stuff. So it, it changes from book to book. You mentioned, okay. uh, the copy edit there series. Do you want to kind of, uh, I don't know if you, if you kind of like have different levels of editing that you offer to people. Yeah, We, we should um, clarify that because people yeah. do. Different, different good. people do different. Some people will do it all from, you know, story edits down, big to, stuff. down to just proofing, right? And there are, there are a few levels there, and people should probably know what those are. That's a good idea. Yeah, Sarah, do you want to just sort of yeah. maybe talk us through the different stages? Sure. Um, I actually teach classes on this at conferences all yes. the time. So, um. It's a, it's a huge con issue of confusion. New writers see all of this stuff and they have no clue what any of us are talking about. And we have all forgotten that people don't speak our language. So mm -hmm. we, you know, there's just not much information. There's a lot of, so there's a few phases of, of editing. And what I tell people is just because you finished the book doesn't mean you're ready for an edit. Usually what I require before I will even look at your, your sample is I need to know that you've had beta readers or a critique group or someone else read this thing. It, it has to have had someone else there before I see it, period, end of discussion. Once I know you and I know your style and I trust that your quality is up there, I stop requiring it. But for new authors, I have to know. 
Um, the reason for that is because having someone else look at your book is going to show you issues that you're not going to see. My issue with editing my own books, like I say all the time, is I'm too close to them and I get so lost in my own head that I just can't see the issues. I had to create this group of people who could pull my head out of my ass and help me see what I'm doing. <laughs> so that was, you know, but that is essentially what beta readers are or a critique group or something. There's that wall there that keeps you from getting stuck in yourself. So it has to have that. Then you edit it again, and then you talk to me after that pass, and we can we can talk. There are a few different kinds of editing, and depending, I used to say all trad publishers did all of them, but I they don't anymore. So depending on what you want for your book is really what's going to drive what passes of editing your book gets now, no matter what way you're going about this. But there's a few phases. So there's the developmental phase, and that's the people who will look at your manuscript and search for plot holes and pacing issues and um, are the characters fully fleshed out, all that kind of stuff. All of that, the, the, the material of, of your bridge, basically, is all in the developmental pass. So you get those notes back and you do the thing. And that's usually a lot of rewriting. So you will not get grammar notes in a developmental pass. There's no point because um, you're just going to rewrite so much. So you do all that, you send it back. And then usually it's a line edit. And that's what I really love. I love line editing. But and that's um, the same as copy editing, right? Kind no. of. That's different. No. Okay. It's totally. See? Yeah. So see, see? see? Um, see? line editing is the flow. It's the flow of it. It's how the sentence looks. It's how it reads. It's, is this word evocative enough? Is so much of what I love about it is, is a lot of the developmental changes that people think are just these huge deals can be completely fixed by changing the wording of one sentence in a scene. So it's developmental requires a focus for detail and it's all about flow and syntax and all of that. And then after that, after all of that is the copy editing and the proofreading. Copy editing's grammar, commas, making sure your character has green eyes through the whole thing or we can follow the path of motion through a scene. So characters aren't just teleporting from one place to another. Um, and proofreading is making sure it's, it's publishing ready. The, the proofreader needs to get it perfect. Um, so that's, that's that. And in indie, you don't have money to pay for all that. And a lot of freelance editors will offer it all independently if you want it like that. I have a few authors who do that. Um, but not many. So most indie authors have the money for one editing pass, and I try to shove everything I possibly can into that one editing pass because it will be the only one like 99% of all indie books get. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good say. breakdown. Yeah, those, that's uh, yeah, that's really good. I that's kind of really went good. on for a while. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, no, that's exactly that. what that's that exactly really what people really want to know and need to know. And even I, I was confused. Even I. 
Even Dick Ashton was confused <laughs> between line editing and cut. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, and uh, I've always just hired proofers, um, but the people that I've used, like Laura Hughes and Dale Triplett, have also helped with you know if they thought something was slow and if they they thought something could be better or they would if they were struck by a uh, an idea for prose for a particular thing they would put that in the side notes and and stuff like that um the only problem with that is it makes it really hard to proof while you're doing the same thing um while you're doing that i would imagine so um but uh yeah that was i'm glad i'm glad i'm here to hear, have heard that <laughs> <laughs> i was going to ask sarah a um probably a big follow up that listeners are thinking of right now is how much do each of these different passes cost what kind of like typical ranges would you be suggesting that people kind of are looking for from an editor because we've had people on um in the past we had a listener on in the past who paid like 12 grand to get his novel edited to yeah. get covers all of that um, which seemed very expensive to me, um, and didn't kind of match my experience. So just so that people are kind of aware and so they're not going into this totally unknowing the costs, um, what would you kind of say are the standard costs for each different, or a ra- at least a range, or a range. you don't, yeah, have, to, you don't range. have to tell us your exact, cause I'm sure you probably have different prices for different people. <laughs> like everybody. Got the special <laughs> price where it's $10 um. million per word. <laughs> Uh, it'll it'll vary depending on who you talk to. I will say, if you look online and you look up like the editors' associations and the editors' guild, they'll have a price point. And I have literally never heard of one editor ever who took that seriously because it's like just yeah. ridiculous. They were, I think for yeah. me, it was fifty five dollars an hour they were suggesting, and I'm like, Are who you, the or, hell or is going to pay that? Or a, like per, the, or a certain for, amount, or a certain amount per word, per word, right? per hour. It was per hour. Well, some sometimes they do per word too. Yeah, so that's the other thing. You can get them per word or per page or per hour, and it's really going to just depend on the editor. And there's there's pluses and minuses for each one. Um, usually, the range for the per Per word, I want to say is around one cent. Usually seems to be where a lot of editors stick to be comfortable. Sometimes I think I know a few who are like six cents a word. So I'd say anywhere from below a cent to probably about six, seven, eight cents a word on the higher end. Um, Per hour, there aren't as many. Sorry, is that for like all passes, you would say? Or is that for just one of those passes? It's usually for just one. So if you want an editor to do different passes, it's going to cost for each pass. I mean, that's work every time. So usually what they'll do, like I know what I do for my authors who want that, is I will pay, they'll pay for the full price for the first one, first developmental pass. That's usually the heavy lifting. And then they usually want to proofread too. And I usually do that at like half price. So, because I mean, once you've tolerated me this long, you deserve a discount. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's my thinking there. But a lot of them, it just depends on policy. Sometimes they'll make you charge, they'll charge you a full price for each pass. It just depends. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead, sir. What you say is always better than what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, per page is different. I think most I see per page are usually a dollar-ish, and it's usually for people who are just starting out. I stuck with that too long, but I hate math, and that was just easier for me. I've transitioned to per word this year, and it makes a lot more sense to me. But uh, you well, know, you can also depends. have different different font sizes and different spacing. Exactly. And all yeah, of, I was going to say, yeah. just put your font down to size six and the margins. Yeah, are zero and you have to and, make uh, specifications. You can get a lot on a page. Yeah, you have to specify. There's a lot of, and and I would make sure if I didn't get through, if I didn't get a document the specifications that I required, I would change it and I would invoice them again. So it's not like you're getting away with it. They try though. They try. And some editors will just give you a bid. They'll say, how many words is it? It's a hundred thousand words. And they'll say to do this, I would ask that amount of money. And then you always want to ask, well, how long do you think that'll take? Because you want to put that in your schedule. Well, and some editors are far faster a lot than of others editors, because they do it full time. And uh, a lot of editors just, work that way too. I I know I do, and I think every other editor uh, that I've dealt with, they do too. If that yeah. option comes along and it's like yeah. lucrative and it seems like it'll work for both sides, I don't. Why not? Or if it's somebody you have a relationship with, um, yeah. otherwise, or have worked with before. For those of you who are mathematically challenged, like I am, I actually pull up my calculator, and at one cent a word, a hundred thousand word manuscript would be a thousand dollars for for an edit. At six cents, it would be six thousand dollars. So, yeah, um, yeah, I've I've paid. I mean, I see prices, new people coming in will sometimes say, I'll do your 125 or 130,000 word thing for 500 bucks because they want to build up some credits or whatever. Um, but generally, um, I pay between, you know, a thousand and two thousand dollars for my, for my edits, but they're more than a proof. They're a good proof, but more, they are more than that. Um, and that's kind of what you can expect to pay. And it is totally worth it. Totally worth it. Particularly when you are starting out, like the value of editing in that phase of your career, I found to be immensely more useful because you really don't know what your blind spots are. You don't kind of fully understand your abilities as a writer. So getting a good editor early on is very useful for helping you progress. Um, and then, yeah, as you kind of like develop and, and get a bit further into it, the returns from editing may diminish a bit, but they're still always going to be hopefully some useful insights depending on who you've gone with. Um, for context, oh, like, yeah, I was just going to add for context. I know Dirk, yeah. you mentioned how much you pay your editor. Uh, I kind of lucked out with my first few books and I think I paid my friend like about $200 to edit it. And she mm -hmm. was like super happy with that. and did an mm -hmm. insanely good job. So I wouldn't say that's a very standard range. Like that is probably in hindsight, like a very low figure, um, but was very happy to do it and was a friend. So in the, if you can find someone like that, who, you know, you actually have like a personal relationship with and they are very good at writing as well. 
um, then like, good job. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. not the norm. So don't mm-hmm. assume that you can get like a professional editor for that rate. Yeah. I have Dirk, two. going to say something? I know, I know two authors that their wives do it for them and they do an absolutely amazing job. Nice. They're just, just amazing. Um, and, um, what was I going to say? I was going to bring some, Oh, I was going to, uh, going back to self editing. We didn't talk about like Grammarly and pro writing aid, which can be very, Mm. very helpful tools. Pro writing aid is Um, awesome. But they, they, they can point out when you repeat things, when you Mm. do mirroring, whereas just basically say the same thing twice worded differently. Um, they point, they can point out a lot of stuff, but they do not, they do not, uh, replace a live editor at all. Yeah. They're a useful first pass, but they're not a good substitute for, and they are not, they are not that reliable for proofing because they can't tell the difference. I've never found them terribly useful. Some people I know use them. I've tried a couple and I'm like, "Eh." yeah, I don't use them, but I I know people that find them really useful like Jed. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't used it for recent books, but for the first couple of novels, I found it very handy. And I think that is a good progression because what they do is they make you aware of the kind of mistakes that you're making over and over again. So, yeah. for instance, one of the most useful features of Pro Writing Aid is the ability to show you when you are repeating words. So you might use a word like, uh, I don't know, adroitly or whatever, which is a very, like... Kind of 87 non- times. Yeah, you might use it 87 times in the space of one chapter because it was just in your head for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. a word like that stands out. So readers are going to probably get thrown out of the manuscript. So mm-hmm. Pro Writing Aid will kind of go through and tell you, so, hey, it's like only 100 words before when you were using this thing. So I will say... Kind of... Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I will say, um, if you're going to talk about cutting one phase of editing because very few people can afford all of it. If you're going to talk about cutting it, and even my editor friends who specialize in this agree, the one that you want to cut for cost purposes is copy editing because you can usually get that well enough done on those free services like that. Hmm. What readers will forgive are commas in the wrong places. What readers will not forgive are glaring plot holes that they walked right into. Yes. So, you know, if you're talking about this, the scale of editing, what's going to be more important is going to be the developmental side. You can use like beta readers or friends who like to read or, you know, just say, put it on your Facebook. Hey, anyone want to read this thing and tell me what word I use too much, you know, and someone will say, yes, they would love to do that because they can. So you, there's ways around that part of it. Mm. Usually, yeah. if you want the, the weighted end of editing, it's going to be all on the developmental side. Yeah, I, have yeah, beta, I, use, I use beta readers for that. And that's long before it ever goes to an editor. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, like, I think for book three, I had 35 people, beta readers. And... Um, maybe 20 responded and maybe six had really good things to, cause, cause sometimes people don't know. They just, they, they're like, I loved it. I loved all of it. It's fine. It's great. You know, or I wouldn't change a thing. 
And that's cool to hear, but it doesn't really, I don't know if it really helps. Um, but there are, there are a couple people that I have, two or three, that are really, really, really good at it and will and fix things. They make the book better on that for exactly those things you're talking about, Sarah. So I think a lot of that is taken care of by the time it ever gets to an editor. So a developmental edit um, isn't as important at that time. I think what's useful to think about with editing is in a sense, there are diminishing returns to each pass. Like the consequences of not doing a proofread, for instance, is like someone will leave a review on your book saying that you had a typo on page 52, which spoiler alert is going to happen. Even if you did have a good proofreader. Mm -hmm. the consequences of not getting the developmental edit right and not getting the bigger picture stuff right is people don't finish reading your book because there's massive plot holes and it's boring. So, And if you're self-publishing, you can go fix that typo. Yeah, but you can't fix, you know, a massive structural issue with your book. So it is good to front load that stuff. So thanks for bringing that up, Sarah. Um, I was just going to say that with, so with the the pro-writing aid thing in particular, like having to go through so many times my book, realizing that I was repeating words, it kind of just like drummed it into my head to not do that. And so what I found is that over time, pro writing aid became less useful to me, but that's because I was internalizing a lot of the lessons it was trying to like warn me of. Um, so Dirk, maybe that's been your experience with it as well, but that was, that was my personal experience. I've never used Grammarly, so not too sure how that compares. But what I will do is if you go to our website, wizardswarriorswords.com forward slash tools, I'll make a page that will just have links to all these different things that we're discussing so that you can um, check them out if you want. Uh, and yeah, I'll, on that page, I'll also mention any other tools that we kind of use during our writing as well. Um, cool. So that's uh, been another good episode. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, if someone wants to... Um, if someone is like a writer out there and they want to hire your editing services, what is the process they go through to do that? You can find out all about me and how to contact me and all that at, uh, what is it called? SarahCharms.com. Awesome. Um, and there's just like information on there about like what they need to submit to you, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Cool. Yeah, everything. Great. Well, thanks for joining us again for a second episode. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, And for the rest of you, we will see you next week. So thank you for listening or watching uh, and keep writing. See ya.